2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, very familiar passage in the Old Testament. It concerns the, the captain of the Syrian army named Nathan, uh, Naaman, and I know you've heard of Naaman the leper. I want to preach on this passage today. I've got two messages. This morning I want to preach on the captain. Tonight I want to preach on the captive. And uh, if you miss tonight's message, you'll miss the best half. So that'll, that'll help you. Let's, uh, let's, let's begin reading in verse 1 of chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that's in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in, told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the, the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought a letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee. Behold, I therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. It come to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, Consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elijah, the, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard the, that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore, wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Here's a great phrase right here. Let him come now to me. And he shall know there is a prophet in Israel. I don't know what you came over here for this morning, but I just want to, I just want to say there's still a God in America today. There's still a God in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. And he dares to meet with us here at this church. And I hope you can meet with him as we come into this service. So Naaman came with his horses, his chariots, stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, 
and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and of his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May, not, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. His servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst not, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. And he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we just come before you this morning. Lord, we're unworthy servants, and we're uh, weak, willful. We need your presence, your power right now. I pray, God, that the, that the God of Elisha, the God of Israel, would manifest himself in these services today. I pray, God, that you'd have your way and, and your name would be glorified. I pray about that one who's in need and knows he's in need this morning. I ask you to be with him. Direct him. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, all you'll do today, and I, we just put it in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You come to this passage, uh, most of us read it in Sunday school when we were little kids, and it's just kind of a story of the that we pass off lightly. But there's some great lessons here. Uh, every one of us, every one of us sometimes think more of ourselves than we ought to. And a lot of times we go months, years, uh, exalting our own abilities. I've been reading some of Charles Spurgeon's devotionals. Spurgeon said that everything that goes on here today is in the hands of God. If, if God works, we will be blessed by having been here. If Wayne Hudson works, it'll be a flop. If you work, you'll come up short. The only thing that matters right now is thus saith the Lord. And whether or not we'll open our hearts and hear what he has to say to us. I've I kind of struggled with this message as uh, Brother Bujak asked me Thursday about 
preaching today and I, I began to pray and spent half a day Friday looking at my Bible and the outlines and and I came to this and God said that's it I wanted to give you something else but he said no you preach on those two there's two folks here in verse number one or verse number one you see the captain and then in verse number uh, two he talks about the captive so this morning I want to talk about the captain look at this verse Naaman now Naaman captain of the host of the king of Syria we just got through I just got through with the second portion of the of the minor prophets in his in the back end of the Old Testament Syria was the world power at the time there's a succession of those, of those uh, world powers there's, there's Babylon there's Assyria there's Greece there's Rome and you say why don't why didn't they give all the world power God gave the world powers that affected his people at the time this is written Syria is the world power first in all the world and if you read it Naaman is not just a captain but he is the captain of all the host of the power of the world of his day I wrote down some things about Naaman he's a He's the captain of the host of Syria. He is honored in battle. By this time, Syria has has possession of all the uh, all the uh, Persian kingdom. And that Persian kingdom, when you read the book of Esther, says it's a hundred and uh, seventy something provinces goes all the way from Ethiopia to India get your world map out and take a look at that and Naaman is the captain over the host of the of the power of that world he's in charge not only that he is the Bible says that he is honored in battle he's a great warrior he is a soldier of the soldiers and uh, he and he now has the honor of battle not only that but he is the confidant of the king of all of Syria you say where'd you get that at look down verse 5 down in verse 5 you'll see the king with one word from that little captive and the knowledge of the need of his captain the king said you go get 
750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold and the costliest garments in the kingdom and I'm sending him over there to Israel because I need my man to be available to help me. He had the confidence of the king. The king said to this little scrubby country of Israel, I'm sending him over there. Now you get him healed up and send him back. So he had, so he was a great man with his master, and he was honorable, and he was a mighty man of valor. That's what the verse says. But he had one but in his life. Last time I preached here, I preached on that rich young ruler who came to Jesus for salvation. And he said, I've kept all the law from my youth up, and I know the Bible, and I've given my goods. And, and Jesus said, over there in Mark chapter 10, Jesus looked on him and loved him and said, one thing thou lackest. If we would have seen Naaman, we would have probably admired him. I mean, he was a, a mighty man of valor, and he was honorable. That's a, big, that's a big package, isn't it? And he's the number one general of the... I've got, I was thinking yesterday about ge the generals of the United States. I don't have time to go over all of them, but you look back over the histories as some of the great men, I read General Douglas MacArthur's biography, and he, remember he said when he left the Philippines, he said, I shall return. That was the darkest day in the, in the 20th century for the United States. Roosevelt, President Roosevelt said it was a day that one goes down in infamy. A wicked day, a hard day, a, a lost day. And, and now, the, now the, for, the commander of all the United States forces in the Pacific is having to leave because of the date. He said, I shall return. He read his Bible every day. He'd been a Christian since the First World War. He, he may think he's kind of nutty and fruity, and I probably did too But when I began to read his biography. But I found out he, was, he trusted God. And when he went to Australia, down to New Zealand, he, he got in deep prayer. And God gave him a formula, and God and and over, working the formula up through the Pacific, all the way to Japan, and the war was over. One of the greatest uh, 
things I've ever saw on television, I think, was an interview that Barbara Walters made with General Schwarzkopf the night before Desert Storm. They were in an underground war room out in the desert. Nobody knew where they were. But General Schwarzkopf and Colin Powell conducted a war uh, session, and I was amazed at the knowledge that was in that room, the wisdom and the abilities that they demonstrated before they ever fired a shot. They already had the scope of the battle figured out. They already had the uh, presence of the enemy figured out. They already knew exactly where, where and what they would do. They didn't reveal all of that. But I wasn't, I wasn't surprised when they asked Schwarzkopf to run for president when he got through. We've had some great generals. Here's a great general. This is one of the great men. Hey, how would you like, wouldn't you like for God to say of you, he was a great man? Wouldn't you like to, God to say of you, he was honorable? Wouldn't you like for God to say of you, he was mighty man? That's what God says in verse 1 of chapter 5. Sometimes I get to thinking I'm somebody. And sometimes God lets me see the real me. The buts. I could do or I would do, but everybody in this room's got a but. Everybody in this room fits that category. One thing I like us. The only, the only place you'll ever feel that. I was, I was reading some script, scriptures in Job. Job said, "I have no days, man. If if I had a days, man." An, an advocate that could get a hold of God and I could get a hold of my advocate. He said, I have no days, man. I can wash myself with snow water and make myself ever so clean. And then I, I'm slammed into a ditch and my own clothes abhor me. What he was saying was, I, I lack something. Get honest with your own heart. You're not self-sufficient. But there's only one. First John chapter 2 verse 1 says, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Thank God for the advocate. Thank God for those days. I had, I had a couple of days this week 
thrashing around in self-pity and sorrow, and, and I had failed. But there's a verse over in Psalm 35, verse 3, that says, Tell my heart, tell my heart again that you're the Savior. Tell my heart again that you're my only hope. Tell my heart again that you are my advocate with God the Father. If you don't have that, you're headed for disaster. Because we all fail. Thank God when we fail, we have an advocate with the Father. That but right here, his but, he said, but he was a leper. Can you get the picture of the captain of all the armies of Syria? I had a good friend that had serious skin problems. I don't, I don't remember what you call that skin issue. Huh? Psoriasis. 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 You got it. Back in that day, now they've got medicine now. You take it on the inside, it fixes the outside. They didn't have that in that day. My friend wore long sleeve khaki shirts because his arms and shoulders and chest were was broke out with that psoriasis. He put oil and salve on it, but it, it didn't fix it, it just gave him some comfort. But he could never wear a short sleeve shirt. He could never, he, he would wear his collar buttoned up tight. Can you see the captain of the Syrian armies putting on his robes? And uh, I, I don't think this is where the leper was a leper but can you hear his wife saying honey be sure and put on your long robe you know you know that spot you've got on you make sure you cover yourself up because you're going out in front of all of the all of the congregation of the nation of Syria hide yourself and put on a good show there's a bunch of Baptists sitting in this room right here that got up this morning and put on their religious robe and hid themselves because they're down here to church with us this morning. Amen, Brother Wayne. That's what we do. I mean, where we fail, we want to cover that up. Where, we, where, where our lack is, we want to cover that, huh? Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 says that's the deceitfulness of sin. That's the hardness of your heart and it separates you from God. Anything that separates you brings trouble in your life. I guess I need to go over to the over in chapter 13 of Leviticus, God gives us the law of the leper. And I want to just read a verse or two, but 
God, God, uh, leprosy is always a symbol of sin in the Bible. Leprosy is never healed in the Bible. Now there's times when God worked and made lepers whole, but it was a God work, not a man work. Lepers, let me just read. He says, he says something about the plague, and uh, he says in verse number 33, the skull, the priest shall shut him up that has the skull. That skull is that scab or that open sore of the leprosy. Verse and the verse forty three. Then the priest shall look upon it after several days, and if, if the rising of the sore be white, reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh. Now read verse forty four with me. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare. That's a sign of despair. Uh, Over there in 1 Corinthians 11, he talks about that the, that the uncovered head of a man is a, is a sign of despair. And you can go over to Samuel when David's running from Absalom. He has say that when they cover the head, they're covering the skull, covering that the Bible, the Bible says here in these verses that this, that this, the leprosy is is lower than the skin. You can't, you can cover it, but you can't get rid of it. It's part of you. And the leper in who the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare. And he shall be put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. The next chapter gives you the cure of the leper. And the cure of the leper is always the work of the priest. I don't have time to go over there, but it'll require blood and water. It'll require the, the death of an, of an individual bird and the sprinkling of the blood of that bird. They put the little live bird down into the blood of the dead bird and then let him go. And as he flops to get out of the of the pot and get out loose and go. He scatters that blood everywhere. What do y'all think that's a sign of? What do you think that's a type of? I think it's a type of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. One died 
Hey, God said he was angry with sin every day. And sin that is committed has to be paid for. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin, right? And Jesus Christ, Isaiah 53 says that, that the only place that God is satisfied is in, the, is in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the sinless, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin, went to Calvary, offered the only perfect sacrifice for sin. Offered the only perfect blood for sin. And made it available to every person. And I just want to say this kindly. You can be a Baptist and be as lost as a goose. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and have Christ as your advocate, you're without an advocate. You can go through baptismal water. You can, you can know the jot and tittle of all the laws of the church. You can be a, hold a position. None of that buys you anything without the, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the leper, that, that verse said he's a leper until he dies. He lives in a several, and outside of the city, out in the, out in the wasteland somewhere, all alone, he'll never get to, he'll never get to kiss his wife, he'll never get to uh, hold his grandkids on his knees, he'll never get to, I mean, he's a leper. Now, Naaman didn't know all that. He's not a Jew. But that's the price of leprosy. I, 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 read, I read Dr. Philip Brand's book. The title of it, he, Philip Brand was the head of, of the two the only two leper colonies that I know of, one in India and then one in, down in Louisiana. He said, leprosy kills the nervous system. Hebrews, I might as well, I've already told you, let me just move over to Hebrews on the way as I'm telling this. Hebrews 3.13 says this. Uh, 14 says, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. He's talking about our salvation. Then he says in 13, But exhort one another daily while it's called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceit of sin. And, and this chapter talks about the hardening of your heart. I, I, I don't know how many times it's in here, but in chapter 3, all the way down to the inner, he's talking about the hardening of those Jews' heart who were Jews, who were the children of Israel. 
but they hardened their heart and a whole generation died. Two to three million Jews died because they would not confess their sins, all it would have taken. If they would not confess and repent and turn to God. That's what Spurgeon was talking about when he, when he said, if God doesn't do something in you, it's a, you hadn't been to church. If God does not affect you in your daily life, you better check up on your salvation. Because it's Christ in you that is all the hope of glory. And if He moves in, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Now, I don't have time to go through all this chapter on Naaman, but if you go back down to the end of it, after that he humbled himself and obeyed God, obeyed the Word of God. I'm trying to give you pure, simple truth this morning to help you obey the Word of God. Understand it. Joining this church doesn't buy you anything, God. Uh, being, being religious won't fix it for you. It's Jesus Christ or it's nothing. And if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're that rich young ruler that has everything and has done everything, but you still lack one thing. And that one thing is Jesus in my heart, instructing me in every move I make every day, convicting me in, about the sins of my own soul, and cleaning me, and helping me to become uh, uh, a, an acceptable child of God who can come boldly to the throne of grace, find grace to help in every hour of need. This guy's got it all going. He's the captain of the biggest army in the world. He's the, he's the friend of the most powerful king in the world. He's got, he's got uh, whatever he wants, he has. But He's a leper. That applies to us as sinners. You can be the president of the biggest company in Fort Worth. You can be uh, the greatest cowboy in Fort Worth. You can be, I don't know what to say, you can be the glamour girl of the whole college campus. But if you don't have Jesus, you lacking. And you, if you don't have an advocate with the Father, when you fail, it's on you, buddy. I was headed somewhere. This this chapter goes down to the to the dipping of seven times in the, in the river Jordan. I was talking to Dr. Jan's daddy. Huh? I, talk, I was talking to him about it. He was telling me about a trip that he took to Israel. 
started up at Galilee and there was there was folks up there in Galilee getting baptized in what they, they he said they had white robes pure white linen robes and they would give them and folks got baptized in the Jordan River said then we got down there by Jericho and he said you couldn't put a white robe in that river there folks were still getting baptized in the Jordan but it was just a mud hole Israel does not have good water and he was right there's rivers over in Syria that's a lot I mean that's where the you, hey, you can leave here leave these stock tanks cow ponds and just go north just a little ways get into Colorado and the, the pure, pure crystal water running everywhere Susie and I were up there we gathered up all we could I made coffee out of that fresh water it's amazing how good that coffee was hey if we could get to, if we could get where God wants us to get if we could just come to that place of holding hands with our advocate and living that song said every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before and if you hadn't lived with him if you're just if it's just if your salvation is just 20 years ago or 30 years whatever it is if you haven't lived every day with Jesus you don't know we had our camper out there at the campground we had water in our tank and for two days we drank that Texas water while the water run down through that and all we had to do is dip up that fresh water it was wonderful and the more you drank of it the better it got he's wonderful I mean in your darkest day in your most sorrowful time can you imagine any more sorrow Dr. Brand said it kills the nerves that's the reason when this, uh, I, I've seen some missionary pictures of the lepers and they've always some of them missing a nose some of them missing fingers there's all bandages and blood and he said he said over in India the biggest leper colony in the world he said in India the rats would come in and eat their fingers off and they wouldn't even wake up it kills the nerves I don't know if you've watched any television in the last week or so but if you have, it ought to dawn on you that the rats are eating our fingers off and we hadn't woke up yet. Sin is everywhere we look. And it's worse now than it's ever been. And we put up with things now that we would not have put up with 20 years ago. How's your sensitivity? How's your finger sensitivity? How's your lips how's your nose how, how is it when you get confronted I went to a granddaughter's wedding and I had to leave 
It was too wicked for me to stay. Broke my heart to leave. Broke fellowship when we left. I don't know if we'll ever get it back. But I walk with the advocate. I'm not better than anybody. I'm just as wicked as anybody that ever lived. But I have an advocate. And you read that first that chapter from that verse. He's going to say it's time for you to get up and go to work. Come. If you want his fellowship, you'll have to live a holy life because he's holy. They sent all this riches. The king sent the riches and he said, you fix it. Riches couldn't fix it. When, when Elisha would not come out to see the man, look at what he said. He said, Behold, I thought. That's what, that's what the problem is. Behold, I thought. I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and, and strike his hand over the place. Go over Go down there to, uh, to one of those charismatic chaos. They'll stand and strike the place and hold his hand over you. And, or you can go down to the, you know, cancer strikes. You can go down to the cancer place and they'll, that word, I, I read that definition, strike his hand over, look at this, over the place. There's a, there's a spot. Some, you, you may be on the Chamber of Commerce. You may be the most welfare-minded person in, in this whole area. You may be giving gifts and, and living every day. But do you have a spot? Is there a spot of sin that you won't confess? Is there, a, is there a some, some hidden something that's got that one thing you like? I, I, I think I can hide this from the church one more week. I, I can hide it from the pastor. Well, that's not who you need to be concerned about. God's already seen it. God knows where it's at. What he told that leper is, you go down there and dip seven times in that muddy water. And when he did, he came out whole. On the other side of it, he said, hey, hey, Elisha, I've got to go down there to that. My king worship, doesn't worship the God of Israel. He, he, he's a heathen. And I've got to hold his hand while he worships. Would be okay if I had two, two meal loads of earth just so I could stand on Israel's soil and hold his hand while he worships. Don't you imagine old Elisha got a kick out of that? Well, take all you want. We got plenty of mud and dirt around here. Take all that. There's nothing holy. Hey, come and get all this Fort Worth water you can get. Just get baptized till you look like a prune. And you won't be any more clean than you were when you went in the first time. See, it's not the water. 
It's the obedient heart that confesses, I need help, God. Help me, God. Help me. I've been trying to say that in a voice hit here all this week. We need help right here this morning. And only God can do it. It'll take, it'll take, hey, have you heard it? All this sin, I got a bunch of verses, but all this sin that comes short of the glory of God. By one man, sinner of the world, death by sin. Now death is passed on all men for all his sin. Which part of that are you in? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But 6.23 said, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Where you at? See, I heard O.E.V. Hill, that black preacher from California, preaching about Lazarus and the rich man. And the rich man's in hell, Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. I think Brother Bujak preached on that here a while back. And, and the rich man's saying, Father Abraham, send, send Lazarus that he may dip his finger and, and, and put, give me a drop of water. My lips are burning up. My throat is parched. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm tormented in this flame. O.E.V. Hill said, I wondered for years what good one drop of water would do in hell. Then it finally dawned on me when, when it's God's water. Jesus told that woman, if you ever get one drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. He said, when it's God's water, it'll put out all the fire of hell every time. You got a spot? I hadn't gotten near what I thought I was going to get to. I don't even know what time it is. It's time to quit, and I'm at a quitting place. You may have your position. You may have a membership. You may have your credentials. You can pull them out and say, here, look here, I'm, I'm Dr. So-and-so. But have you got a spot? Is there a hidden place? Is there, have you got it covered up? Can you keep it covered up? No, one day it's opened up. When we cover it, all we're doing is falling under the deceitfulness of sin. We fooled ourselves and thought that we got by with it. But God has already got the number. And one day the shield will fall and we'll give an answer for every spot. this morning he was a great captain we're going to turn around tonight and go to the lowest you can go she was a captain 
I don't know how great you are, but if you've got a spot, you need to get to God as fast as you can. He's already promised that He would cleanse you and purge you and purify you with an everlasting salvation. This captain got, I believe this captain got saved over there, Old Testament saved. By the time he got through over there, he's wanting to, he's wanting to offer sacrifices to the God of Israel, not, not this heathen world. You could get saved if you just come. I mean, you don't have to come to me, but if you just come to him, you don't have to come here. But you need to come to Him. I urge you while we have opportunity this morning, bring your spot. Hey, Christian, you got a spot? Keeps you from being able to get blessed when you need to be blessed? Have the power when you need the power? Why don't you bring your spot and give it to God in these altars this morning? He can, complete, he can completely cleanse you. He never heals. Leprosy is always cleansed in the Bible. He can completely cleanse you and make you acceptable in the sight of God. He's the only one that can. Let's stand. I'm going to pray. Somebody's going to come and sing. I guess it'd be Brother Earl. And we're going to just, I'll just ask you to bow your head with me. Father, pray with me. Father, we need you this morning. We need your salvation fresh and new in this congregation. There's many here. Some are members of this church. Some are baptized. Some are uh, religious. But there's many here that need you. And I ask you, God, that you'd help us to just humble ourselves. You didn't ask us to do a great thing. You just asked us to humble ourselves and obey your word. Jesus died for our sins. And he's promised that if we'll come, he'll, he'll cleanse us. Oh, God, take charge of us. Take charge of us as a church. Take charge of us as church members. Take charge of us as lost folks. God, you love every one of us. You're not willing that any should perish. Please take charge right now. Please move and work in this invitation tonight. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for loving us. Help us to just obey your word right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on. Come on. Don't wait on somebody else. You come on. God's speaking to you. You come. Bring your spot. You can leave it down here and go home without it. He'll cleanse you. Let him have his way with you.
servant said if he'd asked you some great thing you'd just do everything you could to get there but he hadn't asked you a great thing all he said is just come unto me all you that labor heavy laden I'll give you rest take my yoke upon you learn of me for you're meek and lowly at heart and you'll find rest you you want rest you struggling with life you got problems you can't fix it's confusing every week you try this try that nothing satisfies bring it to Jesus simple as that that's the only refuge I know of but he is a refuge Spurgeon talked about that ministry of the night when you can't sleep I've been there this week and just being able to go to him it's not the words you say it's not the position you're in it's his presence that makes the difference he can give you peace in the middle of the storm and the storm is on this morning let him have his way with you right now. We're going to sing one more verse. some praying so we'll go out quietly I've got a I've got a half a page of names here people that need prayer I'm not going to read the names but I do ask you to pray for the Bujack family and especially for our pastor you know it seems like he just got here been amazing to me how that the whole church, one by one by one, has fell in love with Brother Bujack. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we're just getting started. No telling what God's going to do. We had, uh, we've had people saved almost every week and baptized and new members and new visitors here every service. But what, think about a year from now. 
think about. God's just getting started. And in the way I understand it, your faith plus my faith makes more, more faith, and God works by faith, right? And uh, you add your faith to my faith, I add my faith to your faith. That just means more faith, and God does more work for us. That's the way I read it. I don't know how many we got here this morning, but there's a lot less empty seats than there was for a while. That means more faith, more work, more glory, more praise, more honor. Get in on it. That's all I can say. Get in on it. Tonight, I call this message this morning the little part of this message. Tonight I want to preach on a captive, a little captive. The Bible calls her a little maid who was the servant of Naaman's wife. I can't hardly wait to preach about it. I hope y'all will come. Brother Earl, why don't you just dismiss us and, and sing your chorus or whatever you do. All right, thank you, Brother Wayne. We appreciate that message this morning. Let us pray and be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day, Lord. We thank you for the message as it was brought forth. And we thank you for the example that you have there with, with Naaman, Lord. And we look forward to, continue, to the continuance of the message tonight. God, we pray if there's one here this morning that's lost and undone without you. God, you might deal with that heart today. Lord, the service may be over, but the invitation is still open. And God, we pray that you just deal with that heart, dear God, and just bring them to you or before it's eternally too late. God, again, we say uh, we thank you for allowing us to be here. God, we, uh, we miss our pastor and his family. Pray that you be with them. Watch over them, Lord. Lead, guide, direct, and all that will be going on this week uh, there with them, Father. And, Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.